The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. After he had been acclaimed by the crowds, Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. He looked round him, but as it was now late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Next day, as he was leaving Bethany, he felt hungry. Seeing a fig tree in leaf some distance away, he went to see if he could find any fruit on it. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he addressed the fig tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say this. So they reached Jerusalem, and he went into the temple and began driving out those who were selling and buying there. He upset the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those who were selling pigeons. Nor would he allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he taught them and said, Does not scripture say, My house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples, but you have turned it into a robber's den. This came to the ears of the chief priests and the scribes, and they tried to find some way of doing away with him. They were afraid of him because the people were carried away by his teaching. And when evening came, he went out of the city. Next morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered to the roots. Peter remembered, look, Rabbi, he said, the fig tree you cursed has withered away. Jesus answered, have faith in God. I tell you solemnly, if anyone says to this mountain, get up and throw yourself into the sea, with no hesitation in his heart, but believing that he that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. I tell you, therefore, everything you ask and pray for, believe you have it already, and it will be yours. And when you stand in prayer, forgive whatever you have against anybody, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your failings too. But if you do not forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive your failings either. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Misericordes sicut pater. The misery of the barren tree, if you like. Um, I just want to say two things briefly, and one of them is coloured by my reading of Teresa of Avila's Interior Castle. Beautiful work. Um, she's got such a wonderful, uh, obviously, intimacy with God that she's giving to the people. But um, two things. I remember in the seminary, our spiritual director, who was a Carmelite priest, who is a Carmelite priest, um, he said forgiveness is really one of the hardest tasks for the Christian and for the, for the person in the world because some hurts really run deep and they're, they're chronic, you know. Um, the longer they're left to fester, the more incurable they seem. We think of this in maybe our own lives, but we think of this in the history of nations. You know, there are peoples who are unreconciled and it seems unreconcilable. Jesus commands us to forgive. It's not a suggestion. It's, 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 it's his word. It's his law. He says, if you do not forgive, this is a stalemate in your, in your life. But we can't do it. So what happens then? And this is where my spiritual director told us, we might not be able to say, I've forgiven X, Y, or Z for, for such and such offense. Because that would say we've reached the end of the journey. 
And maybe we simply haven't reached the end of that journey of forgiveness. But we can desire to be on the road of forgiveness. We can say, I'm working towards forgiving that person. I'm on the road to forgiving them. If we're on the road, we're on the move. We're not digging our heels in. We haven't reached our destination either, but we are making progress somehow. Even if we are not aware of the progress we're making, we're admitting to God, that's the road I'm on, forgiving that person. And at some point, unbeknownst to us, we might well find, I've forgiven that person. That, that bitterness, that hurt, that cancerous blockage is no longer there. God has, in fact, led me by the hand along that road that I was on for who knows how long. This is our hope, that we would all be on the road to forgiveness so that when we meet God, we have nothing in our heart that's harbored and God has nothing to, to show us and tell us, your road is blocked. The second thing I want to say, though, and it's with Teresa Avila here, Teresa paints this vivid picture of the soul, this seven-tiered seven concentric castle. The outermost parameters of it is, let's say, our sensory life, our body, our appetites, the affairs of the world, etc. And she says, by virtue of prayer and reflection, which, which is always intermingled, I can't pray without seeing myself for what I really am, if it really is prayer. We start to make this journey inwards. And she says, as we come inside, we find that in the very center of this wondrous, majestic, uh, pristine sanctuary that is the human soul, who is reposed there? Who is enthroned? But God himself. And she says that the soul, therefore, is a kind of heaven. Listen to this. The challenge that I'm giving us in, in reading um, Teresa's words is that heaven is where forgiveness is, right? Heaven is where forgiveness is. Heaven is where um, there is no hurt, there is no uh, stubbornness, there is none of that. Therefore, if God is in here, Teresa challenges us to make this a heaven fit for the king to reside in. He shouldn't be smothered in the smoke of our aggression and um, hurt. But somehow we need to forgive so that God is comfortable in our souls. Does that make sense? Listen to this. She says, I'll finish with her words. For in reflecting upon it, carefully, we realize that the soul of the just person is nothing else but a paradise where the Lord says he finds his delight. Think of that psalm. The Lord delights in us. So then what do you think that abode will be like with a king so powerful, so wise, so pure, so full of good things takes his delight? I don't find anything comparable to the, to the magnificent beauty of a soul and its marvelous capacity. Indeed, our intellect, however keen, can hardly comprehend it, just as they cannot comprehend God. But he himself says that he created us in his own image and likeness.